Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I hope you all are well wherever you are. Things are pretty good here in Colorado. You will probably hear some wind in the background. It is a very windy day. I do my best to make the audio quality as best as I can, but sometimes I just can't control the weather. But yeah, you know, it's the end of February. It's about to be March. I'm really looking forward to spring. Spicy is growing up so fast. Those of you who follow us on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, you have seen footage. She's getting so big so fast. And it's one of those things that I'm wondering, like, is she maybe even going to be taller, maybe a little bit bigger than Waylon? Who knows? We'll find out. Another cool spicy update is she was black and white when she came to us, but now there's like a layer of brindle that's like exposing itself underneath her black coat. It's really cool. Obviously, we love her no matter what she looks like, but it's so interesting to see her coat change as she ages, right? Like we really thought she was going to stay black and white, but surprise, there's some brindle under there. So yeah, things are good here in Colorado. Um, We have two really awesome opportunities for you all to work with us coming up in March. So one of those is a recall training challenge that I mentioned last week. The recall training challenge is going to run through March. It's three weeks. We're going to support you in three different live Q&As. So you invest in trustworthy recalls and you get to join us, all of that as an added bonus. And then for those of you who already have trustworthy recalls, you are still eligible to join us. So you can just log in to trustworthy recalls and there is a form there for you to register for the training challenge. So the reason we're doing this training challenge in March is so that as we're getting warmer weather and we get to be outside more, maybe that recall we've been meaning to train will actually be trained so that when we are out in the spring, we have more opportunities to safely let our dogs off leash. Uh, During the challenge, I am also going to be working on uh, teaching Spicy the whistle recall. So you get to see me work that. And then Steph is going to work on a new recall cue with Moxie too. In addition to the recall challenge, we are also hosting a consent and care virtual workshop. We've done several of these now and they have been so much fun. Like I live for consent and care. It's like one of my favorite things in all of dog training. And we have two working spots left. Those will probably sell out pretty quickly. So if you want one of those, be sure to register ASAP. But then we also have auditing spots. In addition to um, being able to join us for the live workshop, you also get access to our entire protocol for consent and care. So, um, and there's training videos and we coach you through how you could work on these things for your individual dog. So even if you just get an auditing spot, you still get access to all of that um, course content. So you have videos and you know exactly what to do to be training your dog to consent in their care. It's the best. And I got to tell you, I used to dread taking Waylon to the vet, like super dread, because I knew he was going to hate it. He was going to try and bite someone. I was going to be stressed AF. But now Waylon has a rabies vaccination coming up in March. And I'm actually really excited to go because... 
our consenting care protocol works in real life. And he consented to a blood draw recently. And I know that consenting to the rabies vaccination is going to be a breeze. So if your dog struggles with vet care, handling, grooming, consent and care is for you. So consider joining us. Uh, the recall training challenge and the consent and care workshop, all of those are happening in March, but we've been getting a lot of requests from our clients and followers that um, maybe they would want to join us in April or May in both of those. So if it's not going to work out for you logistically this month, uh, stay tuned because we'll probably host more, more of those in the future. And then I also have another bit of exciting news that I wanted to tell you about. So this is something that I have been wanting to do for a really long time and I have finally started. Please note that this is something that's going to probably take a year or two to come to fruition, but I'm really excited. I just, um, I just started writing my book. So I'm going to talk all about disorderly dogs, difficult dogs, reactive dogs, aggressive dogs, and all that's involved with living and caring for them. And not only the training side, but also the personal growth side. So I'm really pumped. It has been, I feel like this book has been ruminating in my mind for years and years and years. And it's been really gratifying to start seeing it come to life. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Like I said, it's probably going to be at least two years before we're like actually published, but I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Okay. So in today's episode, I want to talk about being in sync with your dog because it is one of my most favorite feelings. It's the best ever to be in sync with my dog. You know, those moments where like you're out in the world and you know that anything you ask your dog to do, they would easily be able to do it. They're checking in with you. You're working fluidly as a team. It's like, there's that, that connection there. And I want, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think that pop culture has kind of given us this unrealistic view of it, right? I think unfortunately in large part to Caesar Milan and being the dog whisperer and whatnot. And you know, it's it's one of those things that pop culture makes us believe that like all of us trainers have this like certain energy and we're better than everyone else and we're capable of doing things with dogs that other people aren't capable of. And while I do want to give myself and my colleagues some credit is that like, of course, we're really good at what we do. And of course, it feels easier for us because we do it so much. I refuse to continue to perpetuate this narrative that like only dog trainers can do it with their dogs because that's abs that's absurd, right? Like I'm not going to be able to be in sync with a dog that is yours, that you live with, that you do all of those things. You are going to be way more capable of doing that than I am. So many of my podcast topics, uh, they come to me when I'm out walking with my own dogs. And uh, this previous weekend, I rented a sniff spot and I took our dogs and my sister-in-law brought her dog, Penny, and the dogs get to be off leash and they were running around and it was so beautiful. But Penny is a dog who really struggles with a lot of fears. And because of that, she can do some flighty stuff. And because of that, my sister-in-law gets nervous with her sometimes when she's not holding her leash and rightfully so. And, you know, it just got me thinking about like, being in sync, being in sync with our dogs is a two-way street, right? Like we have to make sure that our dogs are in a headspace to be able to be in sync with us so that we can then meet them where they're at and connect with them there. So something that I think is not 
talked about a lot in the positive reinforcement dog training community is kind of the the energy, the confidence, uh, the the manner, the way that people carry themselves does have an impact on how we interact with our dogs, right? Like that absolutely has an impact. But I think that, you know, that confidence, that energy that allows us to better connect with our dogs, to my knowledge, there's no <laughs> confirmed data that like it exists. Like we know that it does, right? Like at our core, we know that that energy exists, but there's no conclusive data. And I think that because our field is unregulated, there's just this huge push to always stick with the data, the cold, hard data, which I totally empathize with. And, and I feel that same way. But I think that we're doing our clients an injustice if we don't also coach them and empower them to do some of the the connecting, the confidence, the the leadership that is also really going to greatly benefit them in their relationship with their dog. In addition to, you know, the cold hard facts about how we know positive reinforcement, least intrusive, minimally aversive training techniques work. Right. And I know that so many of my colleagues have, we could call it a poisoned cue leadership, right? I think unfortunately, because of the perpetuation of, male figures who subscribe to really outdated, flawed, like pack structure and so on and so forth in dog training, those of us who are qualified trainers who don't use outdated, harmful hierarchies that damage relationships that are based in ego, I think that leadership has been really popularized in that way, right? Pack leader. And I, to me, that's a poison cue, right? So I don't use the word leadership a lot just because I feel like it's, it it has so much extra charge and ego and unnecessary stuff in it. But I think it's one of those things that it is a factor, right? Like our ability to confidently lead our dogs does matter. And that's going to get us to being in sync a lot easier than if we're really anxious or not confident, right? But I would like to propose here that confidence is something that is built in dog guardians. It doesn't necessarily just come right from the get, right? And uh, my colleague, Jenna Slutsky, she joined me for an episode of Disorderly Dogs. It was episode 155. And we dive deeper into leadership, right? Like what it means to be a good leader. So please listen to that episode because it was such a good one. I have so much respect and admiration for Jenna and how she shows up in the world. And, you know, it's one of those things that we don't want leadership to give us a false sense of confidence with the dogs we actually want it to be built and we want to feel it not just fake it so to speak so everyone I know that I'm talking about a lot of broad concepts here but my hope is that I can narrow this in a little bit and share with you what I think actually makes up this being in sync, the confidence, the undefinable energy exchange, because I think that it's one of those things that like that confidence, that energy, 
in us, right? Specifically in humans. It does exist. It is real. But I think that it's one of those that so many of my clients feel shame because they don't have that right away with their dogs, right? So those of you who have worked with a trainer in person, you probably have experienced this. And this is something that happens a lot in my client sessions, right? Is that I take the leash, I demo something with the dog and it goes beautifully and then I hand the leash over and it doesn't go as smoothly when the guardian is doing it versus when I'm doing it, right? And, you know, then my clients are like, well, you know, you just have this energy about you. And while some of that is true, right? Obviously, I bring a confidence because I've been doing this for 11 years and I know exactly how to make it happen and adjust according to how the dog responds. But it's also one of those things that just because I can do it in that moment, that doesn't make me this like great being that you can't get to, you that you can't be for your dog, right? And honestly, the further along I get in my career, the less and less I do demoing in my client sessions because I find that sometimes that actually just defeats my client's confidence because... I do it and I do it so easily and so effortlessly. And then they're like, they can't do it the same. And the dog responds differently. And that can be, I think, aversive to my clients. So I really, over the last several years, have taken much more to being there, being hands-on when it's necessary. But for the most part, I'm really just coaching the client through doing it in real time. Because ultimately, I have the practice and the skill set. I've got the muscle memory. I've been at this a long time. My timing is impeccable. I know how to make it happen. But that is something that I have to teach my client, not just show up and show off and then leave them feeling defeated like they can't do it, <laughs> right? Because that's that defeats the whole purpose of me being there, right? The whole point of me showing up for these sessions is so that I can empower my clients to be able to do this with their dogs when I'm not there, right? It's, it's, it's always, you know, honestly, a little bit of like an ego stroke for me when you know, people are feeling overwhelmed by their dogs. I can take the leash and I can show them what's possible with their dogs, right? Like I won't deny that. That absolutely feels good. But ultimately I'm there to serve the client, not stroke my own ego, right? So I think that that is something that, you know, I I, I have been really fortunate to learn from a lot of really great dog guardians. And I've been able to coach them to this level of confidence and leadership that leads to them being able to be in sync with their dogs so much more frequently. And that is a beautiful gift. Ooh, I want that for all of you. I'm sure those of you listening have like gotten tastes of this, like being in sync, right? Like where you know, right? Like I tap my heart, you tap yours. We look at each other like, yeah, we know, right? But what what is really built, right? Like what builds all of this? Like what are the foundational steps for getting to being in sync? So I think that this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but I think that there are there are four major standout points from me that I focus on teaching and cultivating for my clients so that they can bring that confidence to their dog. So one of those is just time and bonding, okay? Because the bond and the duration of time that you've shared your life with a dog is going to have a huge impact 
on both of your abilities to be in sync. There's no substitute for this, right? I think that, again, pop culture wants to make us believe like, okay, you can just like go out and you can rescue a dog tomorrow and they're going to be so grateful that you saved them that it's just going to be instantaneous and you're going to be bonded and then you're just going to be like fairy tale life. And not that I'm not saying that like the bond can't happen quickly, right? Because it absolutely can. But I think that the metaphorical magic of being in sync, that takes time to build in any relationship, right? Like there just is genuinely more time and bonding, right? Where you get to spend time together where you're both really enjoying yourselves, right? Sometimes I think that's snuggling on the couch. Sometimes that's being out in nature. Sometimes that's just taking a walk in your neighborhood. Sometimes that's just sharing some of your dinner with your dog, right? Like there is endless ways to bond with our dog, but I think so much of it is just time and bonding, right? Because once that's built, once we have that bond, we know each other really, really well, then we have a really good foundation to build on for being in sync together. Something else that I think that a lot of people don't want to hear, they just kind of roll their eyes because they think it's annoying, but practice, okay? Like specifically when we're talking about trained behaviors, you're going to be able to be in sync and have way more confidence with your dog when you have practiced a ton. When there is a really strong reinforcement history on both ends of the equation here, right? You have practiced, you've laid the reinforcement history, you have gotten reinforced, you've done it, right? The practice and the reinforcement history, I think, are one of those things that people want to roll their eyes at. Like, yeah, 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 practice, reinforcement history, whatever. Like, yeah, but actually, (laughs) that's a really important piece to any relationship is that you've been able to practice together, you've been able to build reinforcement, and you've been able to be successful together time after time after time, right? So I think that when it comes to being in sync, when we're in sync with our dogs, right? Some the place that I see this to be like just the most gratifying for me personally is like off-leash settings, right? Where Waylon can be off leash and I know we're in sync and I'm not worried at all, right? I'm like, anything could happen and we would be just fine together. Some dogs make that easier. Spicy is a dog like that. I mean, obviously she's still a baby and we're going to get hit teenage dumb and all of this is subject to change. But at this point, her being off leash has been really, really easy because she naturally wants to stay close. We've been reinforcing response to her name since day one. And there's nothing in many environments that I let her off leash on that I'm really concerned that are going to keep her attention and she's going to run away from me about, right? So that's something that has been... I've kind of gotten for free with Spicy. Waylon never gave that to me for free, ever. He was always more interested in running and exploring and doing his his own thing. He never, never, never in his whole six years of life did he ever like have a natural inclination to stay close to me when he was off leash. And I think that a lot of you have dogs like that and you found me and you felt validated in that fact. And I'm really glad that you're here. But I think that being in sync with a dog like Waylon is particularly gratifying because I couldn't skip any steps in getting there, right? I didn't get anything for free. There was no natural inclinations that made my life easier. But for for me and Waylon, we put the time, we practice. This dog has gotten millions of reinforcements for 
coming when called, listening to directional cues, waiting, checking in, and all of those things have led to our ability to be in sync. Without that reinforcement history, I would be a nervous wreck. I would not trust him to do what I needed him to do in those off-leash settings. Yet, we've been able to get there, right? And that's not a confidence that just came. I wasn't just like, I just took the the whaling off the leash and had a confidence and that's all it took. I just had to be confident and assertive and that's all it took. No, that's bullshit, right? I had to build that confidence. I had to build the behavior of being confident for me while reinforcing the behavior of responding to cues and choosing to stay close for whaling. I had to build both of those. So please don't feel discouraged or like you are a failure because you don't have that confidence with your dog currently in certain situations because that takes time to build. It's not something that like you can just I'm confident, I'm assertive leader, and the dog's going to do what I say. No, that's not the way that it fucking works. And shame on pop culture for making us believe that and putting all these egotistical male trainers on pedestals. It's it's absurd, really. It's absurd. But I, I want you to remember that practice, time and bonding, those are going to be huge contributing factors to you being able to be in sync with your dog. Something else that I think is really, really important, and this kind of plays into the, the two points that I just made, is that you have experience in multiple environments under multiple conditions with your dog so that you have a sense of what to anticipate and how your dog is likely to respond, right? I think that being in sync in a brand new environment that maybe is overstimulating to you and your dog is probably pretty unlikely. But I have had the great fortune of practicing and and being in lots and lots of different environments with Waylon in particular and honestly spicy at this point. She's been a lot of places with us and I know what to expect, right? Like I know typically how Waylon is going to respond under certain conditions and that knowing contributes to my confidence, right? Without that knowing and previous history and experience with Wayland, I would not be able to have that confidence, right? So taking your dogs into brand new settings, it's okay if you're not confident. Oh my God, it's okay to not be wildly confident in new (laughs) settings with your dogs. But I think what's really valuable in those settings is just data collection, right? It's just like taking note of like, okay, under these conditions with this stimulus, this is likely how the dog is going to respond, right? Because when you know that, you know that about your dog, it makes it so much easier to be at peace and be confident in your ability to do what you need to do with your dog, (laughs) right? It makes it so much easier because that gives us perceived control over the environment, which is something that you've heard me talk about giving our dogs perceived control over their environment. It is a very impactful motivator for confidence, leadership, and being in sync. And I think that the last thing that is undefinable in some ways, right? Like we can't measure it per se is trust. And that goes both ways. Okay. That's not just you trusting the dog, but that's the dog trusting you. And many of you who have been listening to disorderly dogs for a long time, maybe you've been following me on Instagram since Waylon was a puppy, you know, so much of how I've had to really work to build trust with Waylon. And on both ends, right? Because 
I am a person who I considered myself patient when this dog came into my life. Turns out I am not as patient as I fucking thought I was. Waylon has pushed me more than any dog I've ever had. Oh, bless his crazy heart, right? Like he has pushed me so far. And something that I had to learn, right, that I was humbled, very humbled by in Waylon's early years was... I needed to consider what Waylon needed from me to be able to trust me because I wasn't proving myself to be terribly trustworthy. I actually was kind of a dick to Waylon in a lot of circumstances because I was frustrated and I didn't know what else to do. Okay. And this is something that I don't feel shame about at all because it is a part of our story. It is a gift that he gave me. It is a lesson that he has taught me and continues to teach me. And for so long, I wanted to resist that and be mad at Waylon and blame Waylon. And, you know, instead of doing that, what I did is I finally just stopped resisting who Waylon was and where we were at. And when I started acknowledging that Waylon is an extraordinary dog and maybe he doesn't do all the things I want him to do that stroke my ego and make other people think cool things about me as a trainer, right? Like I had to let go of the things that didn't matter. And once I did that, I was able to see that Waylon is a pretty simple creature. He wants to run, he wants to sniff, he wants to eat gross stuff. And as long as I don't infringe on his ability to do what comes naturally to him, to the best of my ability, I'm pretty easy to trust, right? And I think that the trust definitely diminishes between Waylon and I when I start to get cranky or frustrated, right? Many of you know I hike with my mom every week, every single week. We're lucky, right? We're very lucky. We've spent a lot of time together. And something that will happen frequently on walks is that I will get frustrated with Waylon right from the get, right? Because he'll be like pulling on leash or something and I'm just fucking pissed, right? And I literally do. I start cursing and I'm like, fucking Waylon, stop pulling, right? And I'm, I'm my short, my fuse is getting short. I'm just getting really frustrated with him because I want him to do X, Y, or Z. And my mom is the best because she will hear me curse. She gives me two curse words at Waylon before she intervenes, right? And usually what happens is that she's like, well, why don't you just give me Waylon, right? And I'm like, fine, just take Waylon. And what happens is that my mom's not frustrated with Waylon at all, right? She's just kind of like, hey, buddy, you want to do your thing? And as soon as she hands that leash, I hand that leash over, he's a gem walking really nicely, not pulling on leash, responding to cues. And you know what that is? Is Waylon matching the energy of the person, <laughs> right? And I think that that, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, it is so fucking annoying sometimes. And I'm just like, God damn it. Like, why can't I get my shit together so Waylon can get his shit together? But I think it's a perfect example of like being in sync and trusting each other means that we can count on each other, right? I can count on Waylon. I can count on myself to show up and be an even person and not get annoyed and not be have unrealistic expectations and be frustrated unnecessarily. And, you know, it's not that you're not allowed to get frustrated with your dog, okay? Because I get frustrated all the time. Welcome to life with dogs. But I think it's up to us to realize that if we can rise above that frustration and realize that our dogs are not trying to piss us off, right? Dogs are never behaving in a way out of spite. They just don't do that, right? Like, they literally don't even have the cognitive capacity for that. And even if we didn't know that definitively, still, dogs don't do things to 
to piss us off. And when we can kind of rise to the occasion and be the best version of ourselves, it's really likely that the dog's going to step up and meet us there, right? So I think that being in sync is, it's a gift. I, I hope that all of you listening have had a taste, hopefully a lot of experiences of being in sync and how beautiful that is. But I I really just wanted to record this episode because I don't want you to feel like you are inadequate and it's your fault and you don't have the je ne sais quoi that the fucking dog whisperer talks about and that's why your dog won't listen to you, right? Because that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. Confidence, leadership, being in sync, that takes time to cultivate. Like all good things, it takes time to cultivate, okay? And I wanted to give... Just a really quick shout out to Team Guinness. They are some of my, um, they've been in Reactive Redefined. We work together in person. Just a wonderful family, right? And Guinness's guardians always talk about Bluetooth pairing with him. Oh my God, which I love so much because this is like so much of like that being in sync that I'm talking about, right? But Molly and Kate, who are Guinness's people, they are both very actively involved in his training. And something we really focused on is making sure Guinness understood that when we swap handlers, we need to tell him that. So he he knows who he should be, as they would put it, paired with, right? I think it's such a beautiful way to put it. And I really just wanted to give Team, team Guinness a shout out there. So Everyone, being in sync with your dog is a beautiful gift, but it is not something that you can just bring a fake confidence and arrogance to the table and expect that you are going to get, right? Time and bonding. There's no substitute for this. This is an essential equation to that, okay? Time and bonding. Practice and reinforcement history on both ends, right? You need practice. Your dog needs practice. You need experience in multiple settings, and you need to trust each other. And in my experience, when we have this convergence of all of those things, that is when we really see being in sync become our reality with our dogs. Those of you who may be struggling, maybe you have a difficult dog, maybe you have a dog who is like Waylon and just is not naturally inclined to you, they'd rather do their own thing. I want to reassure you that it is all possible. Waylon is a dog who has shown me in his six years of life that when you you follow these steps, when you have these pieces to the puzzle, you can get there. You can be in sync with your dog in those situations. And a lot of those times they are off-leash situations, right? Not always, but a lot of times. I will say that, that I have had some really beautiful moments of being in sync with Waylon when he's on a leash and we're in the middle of the city and there's a lot of stuff going on. So please don't think that this is just limited to an off-leash setting. There are no bounds to being in sync. But once you know how to be in sync with your dog, I want you just to revel in those moments because you put the time and energy in and you deserve to celebrate those moments. Please don't mishear me in thinking that I'm always in sync with my dogs because I am not, <laughs> okay? This morning, in fact, I was not in sync with the dogs and Spicy went to eat cat poop. I had to rip it out of her mouth. I ended up with cat poop on my hand. Waylon pulled his leash out of my hand. None of us were in sync, right? We can't always be in sync with our dogs. That's just an unrealistic goal. But 
I think that more often than not, I experience being in sync with my dogs pretty regularly. And I think that that's a beautiful target and goal for you all to consider when we're looking at being in sync with our dogs. So everyone, I adore this podcast. I'm so grateful for you listening and sharing this podcast. If you have been a longtime listener and you have not left a review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would be so grateful for that. Not only do I read every single review and find tremendous reinforcement in that, by leaving a review, you also leverage this podcast's ability to reach other dog guardians who could possibly need it. Everyone, have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.